on, uh, on, on. I'm, I'm looking for that bone worm. Where did it go? We're going to need it for today's episode, and I can't seem to find it anywhere. Uh, what did it look like? Uh, well, it looks like a worm made out of bones. Bone worm. Pretty self-explanatory there, bud. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, I ate that. Wait, what, what, what do you mean you ate that? Oh yeah, I ate it. Uh, it wasn't that good. It was, uh, it was mostly, it was mostly bones. Well, that's just great. Now what are we gonna do for today's episode? Oh, uh, one second. <laughs> Let's just interview this local. Uh, just kidnap people? Uh, fuck it, just, alright. Let's get on with it. Cue the music! Welcome back to Only Sewers. Did you all get your mutated pigs at Sewers R Us? They had a sale last week and they were half off. Well, we're finally back to our regular scheduled program. No more special episodes. Uh, no, wait a minute, that's not correct. What, what do you mean that's not correct? Are you saying that we have another special episode? Oh yeah, uh, we have a special guest this week. A special guest? Why? Who could it possibly be down here in the sewers? Uh, it's the Dark Sewer Lord. Some might call him Jake. Greetings and welcome. I am the Dark Sewer Lord. You see Arn, that Arn, you know the Arn, the Arn, one-armed Arn. He got me, he got me by the throat, among other things. He brought me here, here before you all. For something I don't know yet, he is quite the intimidating aspect, not like Edmund, you know. He's got so many there. You could tell by the fluff down below that that Edmund, he is not like this Arn. All right. Uh, yeah, we've this guy. Give, give, give him a round of applause. Just, yay. All right. Let's get into Sewer Week. Welcome to Sewer Week. Uh, we, have a new, uh, we have a new logo for everybody. We have a finally got our new shiny logo. You want to describe it, Edmund? Uh, yeah, yeah. New logo. Who dis? Uh, it's quite lovely. You can go and check it out on our Instagram account at only sewers. And if you're not an Instagram person, well, <laughs> we've got you covered on the bird. You can go to Twitter, only sewers PC, and check out the new logo there. It's quite lovely. It's like a sewer manhole with a tentatively, you know, octopus thing and three eyes because three eyes is definitely better than two. All the more to see you with my dear. Three eyes definitely, definitely is better for sure. I got a sewer joke for you I there, mean, Edmund. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Our, I'm ready, and so is our special guest. Are you ready, for Are you ready special joke? guest? I'm extremely ready for sewer jokes. A duck fell into the sewer system the other day. It was pretty foul-smelling. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> you roll it around in your mouth a little. And it just tastes better that way. Fell into the sewer feels. and foul. I mean, who doesn't love ducks falling into sewers? That's how we got Jake. He fell into the sewers because he was a duck too. Quack, quack. Yeah, you caught me. Yeah, uh, I'm well known for my quacking and sewer falling. Uh, it all started after seeing it. Ooh. The miniseries. Oh, and you know, after that, you just get a little obsessed with sewers and getting down in them, feeling them with the ducks, like a duck would. See, quality duck jokes here, y'all. Uh, hey, Arn, and mm. uh, our special guest, Dark Lord Jake Meister. Would you guys like to hear the sewer fact of the week? Yeah. Let's hear it. Put it on me. All right, all right. So, recently, in 2019, a bus sized fatberg which fatbergs are basically like roots and other shit that can go into the sewers had been removed from the london sewer system it was a build-up from a mass amount of fat oil grease wet wipes and other items that should not be flushed down the toilet it weighed over 40 tons tunes tons tons yeah that's a lot of tons that is a lot of tons. Also, don't flush your wet wipes. I saw you, you bastard. Stop that. You saw them? What do you have, like, secret I... camera toilets there, Edmund? Well, mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so 
Sewers R Us had that sale last week, right? And I got two mutated pigs. One of my mutated pigs has got, you know, a little GoPro on him. So I'm definitely out there watching you flush those mm -hmm. wipes down. Mm -hmm. Stop it. That's what you're doing, for sure. I have a sense of why you got put in the rat box, Edmund. <laughs> I can it's see how this wouldn't go over well with local authorities. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things, guys. That's why you can't have nice things. I know, I know. But, you know, with all of these great sewer jokes and sewer facts and mutated pigs, how was your sewer week? We'll start with our special guest. Jake. How was my sewer week? Well, you know, it was pretty good. There's a lot of good things in the sewers. You know, better things than I found in other sewers. So that's good. You know, have I ever told you the story of when I found a skinless goat head in a sewer? No. Uh, no. Has, has this never come up? This, this has never come this up. Is an oh my story. God. Did this actually happen to you? This is a real story. <laughs> a real story that happened to a real Jake. Why were you, oh, you know, What sewer were you in where you found this? Well, you know, it was more of a uh, drainage system for excess water okay. during our heavy rain seasons. When you start going in them, you find stuff. You know, usually trash, sometimes graffiti, all sorts of good things. Well, many years ago, I ended up going with my friends this time. I decided to go on my own. There was a, a hole I had spotted on the north end of town, kind of ruralish area, but, you know, you get a sense after some years, like you say, ah, oh, yeah, that's going to have some stuff in it, right? <laughs> so you're thinking to yourself, I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'll go late at night, because you're less likely to meet weirdos late at night. Yeah, naturally. of course, yeah. Yeah. Weirdos that's... don't go out late at night. That's how this works. So I go down it, and it's completely concrete, right? So it's concrete, eh, about six feet in diameter, so I can mostly stand up. And I'm going down this, and it's a little damp, so I just kind of waddle along the sides as a duck would. And, you know, there's offshoots, one, two, three, and then it ends and starts going uphill, right? And it's like, ah, this is unusual. Looks like I came to the end of the line early. And this isn't too far, but it is about... A mile-ish. By the time I make this turn, I go up. And it's the strangest thing. You never see it down there, especially not at night. But flickering lights, right? Coming That's right over the ridge. Yeah, bad That's sign, always... right? Just <laughs> flickering lights, right? <laughs> yeah, of course I had, I had to, right? You know, the... so I look at it and like, I cover my flashlight. And I think about it for a minute. And like, yeah, it's probably worth it just to take a look. So I go up. I'm trying to be as quiet as possible. But, you know, it echoes down in those. It's all hard concrete. Uh, Sewer-esque in design. I go up. And as I'm getting closer, you know, I'm covering my flashlight. So I'm just working off of this ambient lighting. It's like, I think that is a goat head. Right? So I'm getting closer. And yeah. It's a goat head. It's a skinned goat head in the middle of some design. Not, not a pentagram or anything like that, but some sort of archaic-looking design. Circular-ish. Uh, it might have had more points. It's been, oh, close to a decade at this point since this happened. And there are candles around it, right? I'm looking at it, and I hear humming coming further down this. I go, that doesn't sound good. Not typical electrical plumbing, not water, nothing like that. And I start hearing footsteps, <laughs> right? So my idea here is, oh shit, this is how Jake dies, right? This is how IRL Jake is going to go out. <laughs> going out in the sewers with a skin goat In the sewers, yeah. Who knows what all would be involved with said thing, but... There aren't too many times in my life where I've had that sudden feeling like, I could probably shoot myself right now if I really <laughs> needed to, right? I did not. Shit and run. Shit and run. It's a good defensive maneuver, right? They're not going to want to tackle you if you have, you know, all that shit covering you. I'm not going to watch you. <laughs> yeah, no, like exactly. Arnold. I mean, he, he was smart. He got me by the throat, you know. No poo-poo to worry about there. 
So you know, I turn around, I start waddling, and then I hear the footsteps accelerate, right? I was like, oh, oh shit. Oh, so I just go into a full run after that instead of my waddle, my quiet waddle out. <laughs> I get out there, I'm back on the dirt, and that's probably the fastest I ever ran about a mile. Like, oh, it felt God. within moments I was outside <laughs> of that. I was like, wow. Fuck this, I'm out. Pretty good. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. That's right. <laughs> fuck this shit, I'm out. And oh that is just one of many, many sewer stories I have. I have so many, I'm really surprised. I haven't told that one before. That's a Continually standard go-to. Maybe we should have you on the show more often. Yeah, you have way better sewer stories than we do. Like, I've never actually been into sewers and definitely never seen a satanic goat cult. Yeah, I have no idea if it was satanic in nature or not. For all I know, it was some sort of, like, uh, you know, uh, ritual for snow or something. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. How you get the assault gator. Mm -hmm. of, that's how you get it 50% off at Sewers RS. Is you just... That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You get your assault gator via that way. It's a coupon. $5 gift card. <laughs> yeah, it's your go ahead coupon. Uh, that's exactly how that happens. I don't know about you, but I was scared listening to that story. I, I think I'm terrified, gonna... yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, many strange stories, some of which include sewer or sewer-like systems. Feel free to ask at any time. I, I don't want to oh. drag you all down. You have your own sewer-related activities here. I can relay these messages and stories later. I was, I was going to say, I just I just went on a motorcycle ride for my sewer week, and my ass still hurts. So, that's that's my sewer week. Edmund went and rode a bike. I got all the hot bugs. There's no hot ladies. Mm. It was not fun. I got I used to be a biker until I hit a took a bug to the knee. But <laughs> it yeah. I mean, that can do it. Dude, those bugs hitting you at like 60 miles an hour is no joke. Yeah, feels bad. Yeah, it was, I, I was like, I jerked, my dad's like, what's wrong? I was like, I'm shot, I'm down, bug got me, I'm down. Imagine how the bug felt. Uh, yeah, no. I don't, I, don't, I don't like bugs. I don't like bugs. Bugs are gross. Arn, do you like bugs? No, not no. I'm not a really big bug fan. No, not really. Oh, this is all. Oh, I'm a huge bug fan. Great stuff. Oh, you would be. I think they're pretty neat. Big fan of their chitin exoskeletons. Neat stuff. I'm glad to know that neither of you like them. Though I will use this information in the future. I'm sure you will. You already used this. I was like, wait a minute. You've already used this info against me. You killed Billy. With One bugs? time with with, bugs? with the bug man, the bug, the bug man. Yeah, it's fucking creepy. It's like a bug beetle shaped body with like a fucking human skull, and it's like drip. It's disgusting. That's what yeah. it is. It's disgusting. And, yeah, it's uh, great. That thing chased Billy and Lee down a corridor. We had to hide in a toilet. Yeah. And then Lee did some magic and we teleported to a different toilet, except for Billy was by himself and Lee was nowhere to be found. Uh, just to get away from magic. the bug man. Toilet magic was so great. See, this is why we are obsessed with the sewers, folks. We toilet so transportation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we spent so long in the, the dark fantasy in the sewers. And then, you know, this, the space game, I had toilet transportation, which is, you know, yeah. sewer. So, yeah, I'm surprised you all haven't really taken advantage of that. Toilet transportation? Yeah, yeah. You know, I forgot about it until just now. Well, there you yeah. go. Food Maybe for thought. <laughs> Food for thought. We play on Sundays, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, is there a bathroom here, Jake? Is there a bathroom here? <laughs> and what about here? Well, as a matter of fact, there are on some of those maps. It's strategically what? placed locations. God damn it. Now I know. Now you know. How how was your sewer week there, Arn? Uh, it was pretty uneventful. I finished my last certification for climbing, so I can do lead climbing now. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I did some lead climbing this week. 
we didn't play our D&D campaign or our no longer D&D campaign. So I did absolutely nothing on Sunday. Wife was out of town, so I just totally slobbed it up. Awesome. Pretty nice. I, I don't know why we didn't play on Sunday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah, a real mystery. Ride. It's a real mystery there. I think that, you know, that's when the sale was going on for Sewers RS. That, that's what it was. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely reasonable. Had to ride the bike right over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, you know, get there on the bike. <laughs> I got two pigs as my sidecars, though, so it works out great. Two pigs. Two pigs. They're like saddlebags here on the side. I just kind of open their maw and just shove shit in them and, you know, call it oh, good. Oh, wow. Well, I guess that's a, a couple of meat pockets there, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. Meat pockets. <laughs> I'm a meat popsicle. Yes. Well, I mean, you could put a meat popsicle in your meat pockets. Oh, that's... I don't know how that makes me feel. Yeah, well... Guard of the Blood God doesn't know how meat popsicles and his meat pocket feels? Yeah, no, I'm conflicted on that. <laughs> His conflicts are insensibilities. <laughs> I traveled with a giant meat man furby with his own meat box monster, but you know, it didn't really bother me until he started shoving meat skulls in the meat box. And the meat popsicles in the meat pockets. <laughs> That's how you get a hot pocket. How you get a cold pocket. Well, remember, hot pockets are always cold in the middle. Yeah, or liquid hot magma. <laughs> yeah. That's only when it shoots out one side. Burns your lips. Straight back, scolds the entire back of your throat. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I actually made one of my uh, cubicle mates stop eating hot pockets because every time he had one, I would go, Snot rockets! Mm. <laughs> and like, be like three weeks of me doing that every time he had one he like could no longer eat them <laughs> yeah oh jeez. which i feel like he should thank me for because they're fucking terrible for you i mean probably full of horrendous fats and low quality ingredients <sighs> haven't had any in years you know down here in the sewers but i remember them fondly yeah let me take a world of warcraft Dr. Thunder. Oh, yeah. You couldn't get, you know, Dr. Pepper? You had yeah. to go with Dr. I, Thunder? I was a poor college student who was spending all his free time and money on World of Warcraft and Hot yeah. Pockets and Dr. Thunder. Yeah. All right. All right. True. True. Well, it wasn't about quality back then. It was about quantity. It was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was more of World of Warcraft, Little Caesars, and Mountain Dew for me. Yep. <laughs> Here. Here. Oi. Do the deal. And I, I don't. I don't have college stories because I, I didn't do it. Good work. So, Smarter I, choice. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, slightly. It just you know. I don't know. I think it's all right. I don't like education. I'm really weird. I know, but. I think the education system is very weird. Not good. No I mean, me gusta. Jake has a lot of stories about the education system, too. Yeah, Jake, Jake has oh. probably a lot more. I mean, I I was a college teacher. I taught people. No. I tutored people in multiple subjects in different languages as well. See, he knows. I do. I, and, you know, it's I, strange because part of this campaign is actually based on my poor experiences within the education system. Wow. Wow. The dark, the dark fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the horror of the education system. Well, <laughs> certainly the indoctrination process of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, when you all were first starting off as the judges and everything, a lot of that was directly related to, yeah, the the education system in the United States. I mean, I think this is See? a great segue into our next section, which is topic. The tabletop. The tabletop. All right. So, speaking of tabletops, you kind of just gave us a little bit of what inspired you 
uh, for one of the campaigns. But what are some other things that have inspired you when, when you are creating your campaigns or just maybe even your own personal writings? Just, you know, what's some things other than the shitty education system that inspire you there, Jake? Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, generally pretty diverse. I mean, strictly speaking, at this current state that I'm at, I mean, I've DM'd off and on for a long time. Uh, started playing when I was about six or seven. My brother and I had a Dungeons and Dragons set thing. I couldn't read. He kind of winked it, and we just went from there. So it was mostly just weird story stuff and me trusting that what my brother was telling me was actually part of the game or not. Um, but from that, I mean, I got used to winging it in person. So when it really came to like doing what we are now over uh, online and Roll20 and all that, I had to sit and think. I mean, I have a, a pretty wide education, but I haven't really applied it to intense media analysis and really thinking about the stories and games and stuff that I like in a deeper fashion. I mean, more often than not, I was content of just playing through something and taking a really a surface level as far as enjoying it. Like uh, any of the Final Fantasy games or uh, Pillars of Eternity, Baldur's Gate, any of that stuff, My Magic 6. I play them. And I get through these games, I would beat them, and I would have the broad stroke ideas of what, like, the stories were happening and why events occurred, but nothing as specific. So when I've been setting out for this one, it originally was going through, like, a Obsidian Software's game, so, like, the Knights of the Old Republic games and stuff like that. Uh, okay. And thinking about what they were doing, because they had quite a bit of philosophical ideas, like, the Final Fantasy games do and other stuff, Xeno Gears, I can think of. But I wasn't picking up on them. But I realized when it came to why I actually had classes and rhetoric and philosophy and stuff, I already knew the things they were talking about from playing those games, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. So I came into this one thinking about, all right, specifically the one on the sewers, uh, the, the dark fantasy one. The dark fantasy not the sci-fi horror. Yeah. And thinking kind of on a couple of principles. One, placing it where it's more ambiguous for the players going forward. I, I found that in so many campaigns, would be pretty strict in terms of good or evil, uh, law or order, stuff like that. And I didn't want it to be quite that straight. So I thought about the education stuff. I thought about... Star Trek, the next generation. Um, <laughs> Captain Picard! Makes, yeah, to some extent, but more of like the holodeck, which you experienced in the, the sci-fi horror setting, where yeah. what would happen with that? Because there's a series of episodes, I forget, at the end of season six, maybe five, where they're back in the Wild West and Data is doing stuff. And I thought about, well, what would a campaign like that look like? and How would you deal with this differences in time? how would this work with that? What would the progression of these societies be like? Where would they start? If you had some sort of uh, omniscient or omnipotent being orchestrating this stuff after it had been kind of enslaved and used by these groups, how would it respond to that? What would the uh, factors going forward be like that? So when it came from pulling inspiration, some of it was, uh, I had brought up before, like Trigon, thinking about... Yeah kind of those characters and what they were doing, like the power generation system on those ships were living bioengineered creatures that they were just siphoning the power from, right? Yeah. Yep. And thinking about, okay, what did those characters do and how did they think about it? and going through uh, both the, the anime series and the manga and thinking about that stuff and saying, okay, so there are those sort of ideas going forward in terms of setting other aspects came in from like body horror. So I think of like David Cronenberg's stuff, the thing, yeah. uh, the fly, that sort of stuff, and trying to implement those and thinking about, all right, so if this is a dark fantasy, what kind of moves were those things making in terms of the body horror elements and how would that move forward into the dark fantasy? Other inspirations come from things like Berserk, which is probably 
pretty clear if any yep. of you had gone through that Ooh, stuff. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, and what that's doing and kind of placing those settings. Um, I guess I'm really showing how much anime is an influence as these ones are coming to mind at the moment. But uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, the perpetual summer aspect, uh, is also what happens after the, the second impact in that series, where they're permanently stuck in summer. And what that's doing and what the civilizations are responding to that. So, and those sort of things going on. I mean, I clearly, just the fact that we're doing online, I did a lot more front-end work than I would typically do. So, it had that going on, which I don't, uh, I don't know, I don't do it as much anymore. I try to plan maybe two sessions ahead of you all, just because sometimes uh, I feel like it's a little too prescriptive on my side so i say all right what is edmund going to be doing yeah so you never know we're we're gonna pick yeah i mean who's gonna die who's gonna eat whom who's gonna eat whom yeah Yeah. i have no idea when the moment is going to be where Arn just unleashes it's like you know what all these juicy souls are right here he has all of them and i could just eat every single one the voice inside me says that I must do this. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure after this last session, where Arn consumed two more souls, that Choppy is going to start being more persuasive. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Amy, and that is having a effect on it. And I mean, some of this stuff when you're asking for the inspirations, it's like, how much do I want to let on at this point? How much do you all want spoiled for you? Because uh, no spoilers. Like the, yeah, so if there are no spoilers, yeah, there are kind of broader things at play. Um, so kind of just the, I guess, more basic things. Like Warhammer, the 40k stuff comes mm-hmm. into play, or even the original one. I mean, uh, I had based kind of the idea of the Chaos Gods off of those just directly because it was convenient at the time. But the the more we're getting into it, the more of it's like, eh, slight shifts here and there. Uh, the Blood God stuff has kind of taken on different tones uh, especially as arn's been going through stuff so i've been trying to be more reactive to that than saying all right just 40k corn stuff and more like well what's arn doing what has arn been doing how does this work into kind of the broader strokes of what's happening what has uh, arn done for me lately what has arn done for me lately he <laughs> killed the bone worm that's what he did he did yeah, yeah, yeah he i did. mean maybe there's some symbolic meaning involved with that you did. You did good. You did good, pig. You did good. You done good, pig. You done good. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I didn't well, actually we... realize it until now, but definitely see the uh, berserk elements in it. Maybe that's because I didn't really peg you as that much of a huge anime watcher, but it didn't make sense now. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> there's a there's a lot all over uh, in that sort of stuff. I guess it's pretty much permeated through a lot of aspects of culture. It's hard to swing too wide at any sort of games or contemporary media that doesn't have some sort of anime influence somewhere so as i say i'm a huge trigun fan and i didn't know trigun was even remotely an influence for you until you had mentioned it recently and i was like son of a bitch i kind of oh, thought yeah. when, he, right. when he told me about the emperor being the ship's power plant yeah i was like yeah hmm, no it's very trigun. over my head yeah <laughs> over my head yeah, I think I, I mean, just focus. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, and that's kind of what I was going for because uh, we're all pretty similar in age. And I gathered from the beginning, like, uh, just how I've interacted as a DM or even a teacher in the past is just listen to what people are talking about. So even when we were first starting the campaign, our talk about Cthulhu and Lovecraftian stuff, there was talk of different anime stuff. So it was like, oh, okay. So having these as influences certainly would pick up tone. So I was trying to make specific moves for this group that would maybe not necessarily be on the top layer, but would be familiar enough. So kind of a rhetorical, I guess, in nature. All right. So who out of all of your players is a favorite and why is it Edmund? 
Well, Edmund is probably because he has like a whole sack of testicles now. Just, just a, a bunch of testicles. Of, just all of them, right? I have all of them. I have the world in my pants. <laughs> the world in your pants. <laughs> and they're all fruitless. Shut up. I could bear fruit. You don't know. I could bear fruit. Well, I, I, I do know. <laughs> you don't know my life. Talk to the yeah, dead, Edmund. Man. Who knows? Edmund is fruitless. It doesn't matter. Remember, there are no babies around. No natural-born babies. That's this why. This is true, which is so funny because everybody clicks fun at me and they're like, you have all these bastard children. I'm like, no, I don't. Well, you do have bastard children, Shut but they up, were just no. straight children. No babies. Babies. Oh, who knows about them except judges and emperors. Those dirty Greasy you know dwarves. We just killed one too. We should have. We should have tortured her for information, Arn. Why'd you kill her? I mean, that's what Arn does. This is true. But you didn't get any blood. No blood. I know this. This whole area is just like. It's, it's <laughs> kind of disappointing. I do like the fact that Arn, you know, has a bone army. That's that's pretty cool. He's <laughs> got a bone to pick with you, buddy. Oh, yeah, a skeleton army. That's, that's I like that. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, who actually is your favorite character? You know, I'm not sure at this point. <laughs> I sometimes think about. I mean, Arn is overpowered as shit right now. Yeah. There's yeah. absolutely <laughs> no doubt about that. I mean, <laughs> and I thought about that a lot when we were transitioning the system. I was like, oh man, he's just gonna <laughs> plow through stuff, just obliterate everything. I don't How know why you allowed this. Wait, Why? Wait, how many? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I'll wait. I'll wait. I, I mean, it is part of kind of the theming and stuff I want to work with, like the nature of power itself, right? The fact that Arn is accumulating so much of it, it's kind of unfair from the kind of, well, not kind of, from the player standpoint, right? Yeah. It's inherently unequal and kind of by design. Like, I really went out and thought about it. It's like, okay. And this was not random. I really based this off of how you all were playing. It's like, well, I think Arn is probably going to be who's going to get the goat on this one. <laughs> and to an extent, it was to establish one envy among the other players and two, to really set in that power structure, which a lot of this stuff is about in that campaign is the inequalities of power where all of this is really about not who is right or wrong, but who has power and how do they use that power and when are they using that power? It's, in, it's interesting because, like, Arn as a character probably would enjoy wielding power, but he as a player is very shy about trying to be, like, a leader or a power player in a group. Says the person who was the leader of our group in the first campaign as Morin, the druid, I, I did, I, and is now like, the leader of the group as Arn, the almighty. I feel like it's always reluctant. Like, I never try to be assume a leadership position. It just happens that so many times people are, like, not wanting to make a decision. Yeah. You know, that's surprisingly common in uh, role-playing groups, I've noticed. Uh... It's been a long time since I've been a player, but that was often kind of the role I got stuck in when I played as a player because people don't want to make decisions. And for whatever reason, it's, I think, out of consideration of yeah. other people rather than consideration of the character, right? Yeah. What would this character do at this point? And while that's nice in uh, the social aspect, like you're usually playing with friends and stuff like that, so it's good to be considerate of them. But your players don't have to be that way, and it doesn't always work out well. So I appreciate what you're doing as far as stepping up and dealing with the inequality of power that's happening with it. I do love killing so many fucking things. <laughs> well, good. Uh, how like, that's, again, something that I was trying to foster just based on how you were playing Arn from the get-go. Like, Arn wants to kill stuff. Arn is kind of a power-complex character, as I've gathered. Yeah, yeah, he's Nathan Explosion for Metal Ocalypse. Yeah! Yeah. He really is. How many hit points did that Boneworm have again? Uh, a thousand. Or maybe twelve hundred. I think you said it was a thousand. 
I think it was a thousand, and I think and, the uh, the the ghost VO was two hundred or something like that. And and Arn killed that freaking thing like it was nothing. Yeah, after he started using the combat maneuvers. Yeah, yeah I totally forgot See? about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So kick it ass, take it names. Quest- as mighty Arn. Question on Arn's axe: When when I shoved the power crystal into the axe, was that like a system you had already planned? Yeah, yeah. Were you just waiting for somebody to do something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was kind of happenstance. And, you know, uh, the other player in our campaign, formerly known as Mame, uh, he was on track with that as far as shoving all the stuff in the box, the meat box. <laughs> the meat box. We have talked about the meat box. <laughs> yeah, you know, so shoving all the stuff in the meat box and, you know, all those souls swirling around. Another theme we're working with that's kind of not related to the Souls series because I haven't played any of those. But, you know, uh, kind of, you know, you get all those souls in there, all that fresh meat. They start swirling around getting ideas. And all soupy, mixing together. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, he too was on the right track for that. It was just uh, a different aspect than the, the route that Arn took with the, the bone axe. Mm-hmm, yeah. But Ew. they'll have a similar course maybe it's hard to say at this point Arn's making specific decisions we'll see how this uh the arc of our current story pans out i'm kind of to say we have oh was the, uh, i was gonna say we've mentioned the meat box i think this might be a great time since we have you know the creator of the meat box to talk about the meat box there Arn. yeah i don't know how you feel i mean the meat because... box still haunts my nightmares um, We've teased the meat box multiple episodes. Yeah, let's 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 talk about the meat box. You know, people may you know know about mimics in D and D. This was a pretty mimic esque thing, right? I mean, on a scale of one meat box, how much meat could a meat box box if a meat box could box meat? Well, Jake, correct me if I'm wrong. I got the feeling there was like a Mary Poppins situation where we're just like infinitely deep in that box. <laughs> Uh, you know, I did calculate the volume capacity. What was the volume <laughs> capacity of the meat box? I, I don't know. Anymore. I don't want to say, I guess, you know, possible spoiler here. How? Okay. Oh, a lot of meat. There could be a oh, lot my... of meat in that meat box. And it was a trap, you know, just as more and before got trapped by trap. uh, attempting to resurrect that body. Yeah. That meat box was also a trap. Yeah. Like, it was a Can't, box I'm in the woods, goddamn. partially buried, you know. Total trap. We it, carried it like a fucking pet, dude. We had that box as a fucking pet. Well, okay, let's let's actually let's actually explain the history of the meat box. When how did we find the meat box? We left a city or a town? No. Didn't we kill the mushroom guys and then we we're walking away from the mushroom guy camp after you killed a bunch of them and had to who was it that we put a bunch of like mushroom guy bodies next to to cuddle with no that was, was that that, yeah no uh, that was edmund yeah it was edmund it was, no it wasn't me i was yeah, we, no you had exhausted oh was it our, yeah i think it actually and it was, 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 I, was, I, was so yeah, yeah, well, edmund, I was on watch yeah i was on watch sorry to clarify edmund did it to arm yes <laughs> yes that's yeah. what happened, yes. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah, yeah the mushroom man wasn't a tip-off enough on that area to be like, hmm, mm. maybe we should be suspicious of what's happening here. Oh, it's Morin's area? No, we were like, hey, a box. Ah, sweet, this box in the ground. <laughs> Shit, let's fill this with meat. What could possibly go wrong? Meat and money, let's go. Meat and money and gold. Weapons, I'll just throw bodies. all this stuff. These mushroom things, yeah, toss that shit right in there, no problem. <laughs> and so we, I think we had left that. You finally came to, and because it was me, Osman, and Mame on watch. Mame kept seeing some weird purple pony thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, oh, and uh, I, I kept I fucking around is. with my cape because I got that cape, that cape that billows. Yeah, the dramatically billowing cape. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like being dramatic outside, watch on watch while you were sleeping, and I think Poppy was sleeping too because mm-hmm. 
they also needed a long rest. So that's how we found the beatbox. As we left that camp, there was just a random box in the ground. And then Mame was the only one that was like, not really carrying anything strong enough to just carry this box. So he drugged the box with him everywhere. Whose idea was it to bring the box anyway? Was that Mame? Well, Mame stuck Edmund in it to see how deep it was. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I remember that now. Yes. And I don't know. We we thought it was a box of holding, so we're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because our take this box of holding just like gives us like free shit. Like here's a box of holding. Yeah, we're like, this is the best. A box of I had a I got a whip from a fairy. That was pretty cool. You did. Yeah, the fairy found that whip for so fucking long. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a badass with it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, admittedly, now. it's more useful in the current system we're using compared to the it's way more useful in the system. system. I also think that yeah. Edmund just plays the se the system better. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Edmund has more familiarity with it now, so there's yeah. that aspect too. It is a pretty you fun see... system. I was gonna say you should see me with Kona. I'm pretty, yeah. pretty cool with Kona. Yeah, you're doing quite well playing that character up to how she was designed. I think in combat I play her pretty well. Outside of combat, though, I'm like, I'm Billy still. You're not <laughs> I Billy. I look like a 15-year-old boy, kind of more like a creeper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, whatever, Linda, suck it. Whatever, Linda, suck it. <laughs> How long did you expect us to actually be in the sewers? Was it as long as we spent there? Absolutely not. <laughs> and did For... you expect us to go back? Well, twice. Twice. <laughs> like the potential always exists. Like I don't delete the maps. And I try to keep them fairly up to date. And I'll go back and double check. Be like, okay, yeah, that's what they were doing here last. I did not expect you all to spend. I you know what, almost a year in real life time and in, sewers, yeah. <laughs> in those sewers on basically the same maps, just kinda going back and forth and be like, Oh no, it's spooky out here, we better go back into the sewer. <laughs> Lots of treasure in the sewer. You know Doug lives there and I love Doug. Yeah, that's Doug Graves, boy. yeah. That's it. Doug and I, Phil Graves. Yeah. I wanna get a shirt that says Doug is my homeboy. <laughs> I'm, I want to. I want to get. I'll be your Doug and just have a picture of the, the yeah, nice evil. beefy Salaskin Doug. Oh, how's it go? Lots <laughs> of good deals. Questions cost, cost coins. coins. <laughs> I think rings, coins, or souls. <laughs> I think Doug's one of my favorite voices if I am, besides Enforcer. And Enforcer and then is when the you, best. It's, it's when you did Elmo voice. that one time, though. Do you remember when he did Elmo to me? Yes. Oh, my God. The Elmo? Uh, don't. <laughs> don't you do What's wrong with an Elmo voice? So I was uh, thought of it more of like Bobby from Bobby's World. I mean, when I was a kid, that's how I developed that voice, was trying to oh, emulate. If you sing Elmo's World, though, I think I, it just is perfect. It's spot on. It might be. I I don't know the lyrics to that song. Should, Elmo's World. No. Don't start. Hey, guys, spaghetti around here? <laughs> You know, some sweet spaghetti oh. <laughs> really fills the old beat. I just, every time you do that voice and say spaghetti, I always think of the Hampton episode from Awkward <laughs> and Hunger Force. Is that where it's you got not... his voice from here? It's kind of an amalgamation, to tell you the truth, of uh, the stereotypical <laughs> Brooklyn thing. Oh. So I some of it with Carl. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly I've tried to emulate the Carl voice in the past as well. Uh, that voice is so good. I've been trying to do it. It's so hard. I've been practicing. I still can't do it. <laughs> you gotta go, yeah, you gotta get a little further back, you know. I don't know. <laughs> something about you, though. Uh, something about you. <laughs> something that makes me feel things. <laughs> I don't think I like that. 
it's so funny when you get her to where she can't breathe. Yeah, it's kind of entertaining, uh, having never <laughs> seen Edmund in person, and then just hear this person gasping for air on the other side. It's like, uh, should I be concerned? I don't know. I'm literally in tears. I hate you guys. <laughs> I guess one day we'll have to you know, record or play or something on camera and make me laugh like that and you can just see me convulsing. Yeah, just and, breaking down. <laughs> breaking down. Wiping tears away. <laughs> I don't know why that voice makes me laugh so much, but it really fucking does. It's quite I was surprised my when I pulled that out. I was like, this is not the typical response <laughs> to no, that voice. What is voice. the typical response? I mean, people laugh, but they're not, like, Dying. gasping for air laughing. <laughs> I'm not saying anything so profoundly comical that it deserves such I, a response. I don't know what it is. It just make, There's just some things that just make me laugh. The first time you did it, I had had spaghetti the night before. Oh, well, so I see. It was, it, I was just, like, quinky-dink, you know what I mean? I literally had spaghetti the night before, and then you're just like, you got the uh, spaghetti. And I just on you. I'm not gonna help you, you little shit. Yeah. <laughs> Till you get and that then... spaghetti, they'll speak. <laughs> so what? What's been your favorite part of the campaign, Jake? You know, it's probably seeing how you all go about it. <laughs> Seems like a strange statement, but really, it's like, all right. So I've planned all this stuff. You played Mousetrap. Maybe not. You've set up the trap, though, right? Yeah, of course. And you go through and you look at it and you're like, oh, this is neat. It happened. I have no idea what the rules of the game are, but I set up that mouse trap and now it's doing the thing. So kind of that aspect I've particularly enjoyed, not to turn you all into mice, but it's kind of like setting up this elaborate thing and just seeing how people are going through and reacting to it. And, you know, sometimes, like, you've brought up Iron, it's like, eh, I think you're up to something. I'm not sure what, like, stuff behind the scenes here. Like, there might be some deeper deals. And the fact that that's picked up, I I certainly appreciate that the stuff that I'm emulating and have, quote, gained inspiration from, if not just taking their ideas wholesale as I'm rolling around trying to better understand them to use in the future... So that aspect has been pretty interesting. Some of the group dynamics as they pan out, I find to be <laughs> rather entertaining, especially how you all started. So you were in positions of just total power, right, as those judges. Yeah, until we And you out. all yeah. abused none of it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we were like the nicest, most yeah. behaved judges ever. We were like total black sheep. Like, I think the worst we did was, like, threaten somebody with the zombie blowjob. Yeah, yeah. right from really? the beginning. And I kind of had to coax you all into it. Like, I had to bring in an NPC to do that. Yeah, we, you know? we really are, like, really bad fascists. Which NPC was it? Wait, which NPC was it? Oh, it's a secret now. I'm oh, sure God, you could no. have notes. But regardless, oh. I mean, that did occur, right? And to see how this transition has gone through over a period of time, because we haven't had this setting for a long time now, you know. Almost three years. Uh, yeah, working towards three years. And, it's uh, got to be like the longest running campaign I've ever been involved in. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be for me now at this point <laughs> as well. And we're fairly consistent if somebody stops going to Tucson all the time. I yeah. don't know who you're talking about. Get fucked. <laughs> yeah it's moving along like where we're at is an interesting point um as you all have maybe picked up on i do try to get a sense of how you see your characters what kind of stories you want from your characters taking a look at your backgrounds and thinking about okay how is this player playing this character what have they done with their interactions what sense do i get of their goals and why they're continuing to go forward on this stuff right and trying to tailor that experience in these stories and saying, okay, what can I do for this player? What is Edmund up to? What's in Edmund's background? Where is this going to happen? And what is it going to do uh, for the player, Edmund, and the choices they make, right? So these are supposed to be opportunities for character development and for you all to really think about, oh, wow, 
this character had an arc. And part of that is because, like, tabletop RPGs are kind of inherently surface-level on a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah. they are collaborative storytelling, but it's pretty base. You don't have to get too deep into the stuff. And while the player might have a bunch of stuff planned for this character and they've come up with these backstories and it could be very elaborate or not elaborate at all, I mean, you all are taking time to think about these characters and embody them. Week after week, month after month, year after year now. So I tried to take that into consideration as well. So, like, the current one we're working on, I, I've made it pretty clear that this is part of an Arn arc with uh, some tints of Edmund that are going to be popping up. Where, Maybe where, Poppy yeah. could make a reappearance as well. But, I mean, like, this will give you, the player of Arn, some stuff to consider probably pretty quickly here. Yeah, it's gonna be sad when I have to say goodbye to Arn. Maybe. Hopefully, hopefully you don't have to say goodbye to Arn for at least uh, until after August. Go <laughs> strong until August. August is two years of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Edmund and Arn are the only ones that have survived the entire time. Yep. Yep. They are. Was that by design? Have you been killing off the other characters slowly? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I tried to take it brief, self serious for some of this stuff so that way the stakes are appropriate for again yeah. the dark fantasy aspect where dark fantasy yeah like you know if you die you, die you know life. you're yeah but there are ways to get characters back I mean clearly with the soul stone thing and stuff like that that's one method of it um, other avenues might present themselves in the future. I guess it depends. You all can end up in sewers forever again, for all You're I know. Sewers. Yeah. Be like, ah, oh, sweet sewer time. I love being a sewer. Yeah, only the, sewers. Yeah, and the three holes, that could be quite telling for something. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's me, Doug, and Arn. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, the three major sewer holes. There <laughs> the they are. Sewer holes. <laughs> I mean, there is stuff happening underground. That yeah, you all will probably have to deal with. I don't know if you brought up in the podcast, but yeah, where you were before in the underground, that wasn't a sewer, but sewer adjacent. Yeah. There is more of that. I think we talked a little bit about that, because we had talked about being, going from D&D 5th edition to your uh, homebrew creation system. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, is just a million times better. I I was telling Arn, I feel as a player better because I can do more. I'm not just like, oh, I use, you know what I mean, my action to attack or whatever. Because I feel mm -hmm. like fifth edition is limiting of that. Whereas you're like, okay, this guy's going to hit you. Do you want to react? And I can do a multitude of things as long as I have the action points for reaction. Whereas before in fifth edition D&D, as a bard, I had four reaction cutting words which yeah. could be useful but i found it to be pretty bland i was like this is boring you know what i mean i like that yeah. i have a better reactions i think in when we fought the bone room i used a reaction to roll out of the way yeah. to try to not get hit uh i also had what what was it that i was trying to use recently in that as a maneuver but it needed TP. What was it? Hang on. Uh, I don't think it was duck and cover that you did for it, but um, you I did. Was trying to do something similar to duck and cover. Evade. Uh, evade, I think, is what it might have been. Yeah. Or something to that extent. Uh, well, no, the defensive ones. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there's, there's multiple reactions that you can take, and I told Ar um, Ed, sorry, Arn. I'm Edmund. I told Arn. I like that more. So I think as a player, it's just more fun to play your system as opposed to D&D 5th edition. Plus, I like the percentage system a lot more. It's a pretty cool oh. system. How did you come up with it? Uh, <laughs> Frustrations. I know a little bit. It, I, I know this story just a bit. Yeah, it took quite a bit to get to the current state that it's at. I mean, it started... Basically, because I want to move away from 
fifth edition, like, uh, I didn't play it to a major extent until uh, I was in a different campaign with a, another uh, player in our current campaign. I was the actual player in this one. And I was in it for a year and a half. They played for two years, so I came in a little late. And man, by the end of it, I was like, fifth edition is really just boring. Like, yeah. in combat, which is pretty Ugh. much what you're stuck in because there are so few social skills and aspects and stuff that are usually set up. So you're in combat all the time. The combat is just very, Wonder all right, myself. I attack, and that's it, right? Yeah. And then you're stuck waiting for a while sometimes till your turn comes up again, like upwards to an hour, depending on the size of the group and what's happening. So people would be fucking off or looking at their phones or whatever else. I was like, yeah, that kind of sucks, right? Like, yeah, that's what I found when I DM'd that one time that combat would take forever. Yeah. The players got bored. I got bored. They'd be like, I attack. I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, it just got to the point where f trying to put flavor text on every little mm -hmm. bit of it just was dra like daunting and dragging yeah. out. Yeah. So. Part of it came from that. The other part was really like the campaign that uh, Edmund slash Billy slash Kona is in for that <laughs> sci-fi horror one. Sci-fi. I really started developing the system for that campaign, and the Stark Fantasy one is kind of an extension of that. Again, I don't want to get into super spoiler stuff, but there are aspects that might come to light <laughs> from that. So... Like the idea of this system was born from that. Uh, I based it off of initially Roll Twenty, or not Roll Twenty, uh, D Twenty Modern. If you're familiar with that kind of older system, it's basically like D and D Third Edition, but just with modern flavor texts and stuff. So that was the first iteration. Yeah, and it's just a standard D Twenty system. But the more I went through stuff, and just really ran numbers on my own and combat simulations and trying to come up with stuff where each player could be active regardless if it was their turn or not so that way they would be interacting with combat in real time where you can interrupt be like whoa 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 if Edmund's doing that then I'm going to be doing this as my reaction which is you know what was happening the the last time we played with the bone worm kind of sub boss boss deal going on there was pretty neat to watch as you all were engaging with these systems and really displaying high-level tactics in real time despite not controlling each other's characters, right? Like, okay, if Arn does this and Sunders this thing again, then I'm going to shift over here because the fire is going to turn that quarter turn, and then I'll be in this position, and my whip is going to be doing more damage now because of that Sunder. So It was definitely, definitely a fun combat situation. Definitely. I feel more... As a player engaged in combat, I mean, when on D and D, when we play D and D, that system, I quite often would just sit on my phone, scroll through videos. Oh, oh, it's my turn. Uh, oh, yeah. and I wouldn't pay really attention to yeah. what was happening because it was just boring. I find combat in that situation, and I would tell Arn constantly, "I fucking hate combat. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I like when we get to role play and talk and have fun on that system because it's just more." engaging for me to do that yeah. than it was combat this one though i'm like oh we get to fight stuff oh like in sci-fi game we now have the the ability to rage mm -hmm. or is it rampage sorry it's rampage, rampage. rampage we can rampage and having you know me bones and uh who else can go on the rampage again uh is it linda I think Linda, it was Linda or Fisty. I don't remember which did I think it. it's Fisty. It's Fisty. It's me. Yeah. It's, it's Kona, Fisty, and, and Bones, and we can rampage, and we just do crazy amounts of damage. We don't even really fight. We just plow through a bunch of enemies while we're just raging and, and just kill everything, and it's so much fun. How many dudes did we kill that one time? Like, oh, we literally ran yeah. through, like, the entire level just like on a bencher of like cocaine basically and just mm -hmm. killed everything super quick it was so much fun we were pretending to be dogs we're like howling and barking <laughs> just well i mean bones is a werewolf drug induced werewolf drug induced but... werewolf yeah. yep let's not look any deeper at the themes involved with that yeah 
But I mean, that Rampage thing, too, also kind of applies to the theming of that one and what I'm trying to get players to think about relative to what the, the situation is happening. So There are deeper layers when I introduce some of this stuff. I'm trying to make it where the system complements the storytelling, where they are as closely intertwined as I'll be able to get them. And I think it's getting there. It seems better. You all are engaging quite well, I think, with the combat systems in addition to the role-playing and trying to get stuff to work for you, which I think is pretty neat, right? I think that's a neat thing. I I only knew Arn when we first started. And now here you are. Well, you you knew knew Taylor. I I did know Taylor. That means... No, I, you knew two I'm, people. I'm glad I invited you to the group. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm very glad you invited me, too, because the sci-fi game is my favorite. And if <laughs> I hadn't gotten invited to the dark fantasy, then I would have never gotten the sci-fi, and I love the sci-fi one. Oh, there you go. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> it's really a slippery slope. I really do love the sci-fi one so much. I'm still so confused. I have no idea what's going on. Don't oh, really? Oh, uh, no, I won't I'm... spoil it. <laughs> There's lots no of interesting idea. things. Once you get to the next deck, I think uh, a lot more of the mystery leads will start to pan out. I'm just going to text Taylor and be like, tell me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I I worry that he knows more than he should just do from his uh, professional training. He probably yeah. does. He, he told me. He's like, I'll tell you. And I was like, all right, tell me. And then he, he never told me. Professional like, uh, training? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one has a lot more of uh, biology and virology-related stuff in it, so. Have you not heard about his foot obsession and his warm-up session? Yeah, foot and worms. Yeah, Yeah, he loves feet and worms. Uh, Especially worms in feet. Mm. Yes. I I have spent a lot of time with Taylor. We've uh, we've gone to, like, long road trips to magic tournaments together. Oh, really? That's how I met Taylor, playing magic together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what he told me, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then you're now a nerd too. You hang out with a bunch of like professional student nerds. Yeah, I know. You guys are my closest friends. <laughs> oh, a bunch of nerds is your friends. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is like one of the few groups where like I feel like I'm the least educated person. I know I'm not. I'm okay with it. See, that's why I got ate by rats. Yeah, I don't have advanced degrees to avoid the rat chewing. That's, that's why the DM fed you to rats. You didn't go through the suffering and indoctrination of advanced degrees. <laughs> they were just like, you want a Your degree or you want a box of rats? Box of rats. Although, I mean, Edmund is technically degree awarded as the character. This is yeah, true. Oh, the yeah, character true. is, but yeah. the player is not. The player cheated senior year trying to do Algebra 2. No. I used to teach Algebra. Yeah, I I could not get past Algebra 2. I tried like three times, failed three times. The fourth time, I was like, I'm fucking cheating. And my teacher knew it, and he still passed me. I'll be sure to take out the Algebra puzzles. (laughs) Yes, please. This is why I count on my fingers. Were, were you, you all were there when I was like, I ran out of fingers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there for your bad mouth, uh, bad math, and your uh, uh, culinary. My culinary, culinary, culinary. My, my inability to read, speak, two numbers. I'm just, I'm just pretty. <laughs> just that comes in super handy, and it's like where we don't even turn on our cameras. Yeah, Edwin's such a pretty boy. Beautiful. Wow, what a great show. And a wonderful guest we have. We hope you enjoyed spending time with the Sewer Lord, and I mean, I guess Edmund too. Nah, maybe not Edmund. But hey, don't forget to follow us on those apps. Uh, how's it go again, Edmund? Yes, yes, we have our Sweet Bird app at Only Sewers PC. And uh, you can't forget the Instagram of Only Sewers, where you will be able to see our new and improved logo. We want to give thanks to our good buddy Noah, my buddy, my, not yours, on mine, my buddy Noah, for creating it. And uh, you can also go follow him, uh, link in description, on our lovely social media apps. So, thank you, we love you, and uh, thanks for the love and support. 
And uh, with big thanks to our wonderful guest here, uh, Jake, the sewer lord, our sewer pope. Oh, yeah! You're welcome. As your sewer pope, I can tell you right now, you're going to sewer hell. Sweet. Oh, fuck. Sweet. And remember, happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from the sewer. Dark sewer, sewer, fuck. But <laughs> it had a buildup mass around the. There was a buildup from a mass around. Sorry, I can't say this. Wow, it's just too big a load, huh? It really is too big of a load. Mass amount. <laughs> I love Billy so much. I don't know I why you like that character from Stranger Things. I. I, I love Billy from Stranger Things so much. He's just hot. We've talked about this. He's just hot. Mm. I, I like things that are hot, like Pedro Pascal and Billy. We're like Billy and Pascal, those are like very opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> those are like, pretty different. They're folks. like completely different in like both body, physique, personality, <laughs> age, fucking everything. Completely different individuals. Uh, they are. Pedro has a fucked up nose, and I've learned that I have things for fucked up noses. It's just... And, and I think for mullets and, like, fucking 80s porn stashes. <laughs> I can't tell you what it is. He just does something to my heart. He pulls the strings, Yeah, okay? your heart. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Need a police sketch artist for this? Yeah. <laughs> he uh, like, yeah, he has he a, like a greasy little artist. mustache. And a fucked up nose and a mullet and kind of a pervert <laughs> smile. He does look like, you know, somebody who would draw like a serial rapist. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, Billy. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> not to judge your uh, taste. No, it's too late. Men, but it is <laughs> like, huh, all right. You know, it's like if someone like, oh, yeah, you know why I'm into Barbie. You know what else I'm into? Julia Roberts. <laughs> you like, oh. Oh. Huh. And Julia Child. <laughs> you guys. All right, yeah. gang of profile here. All right, yeah. And Queen Latifah. Oh, oh okay. okay. All right. <laughs> and what can you draw from that? <laughs> Jake, I'm going to find where you live and kick your ass. Oh, you'll never find me. I'm... Down here in the sewers, I can just squeeze through one of these little holes and be gone. I'll just dislocate this shoulder and slide through like a little snake. Like a little sewer snake. Like a snake. Like a sneaky snake. <laughs> You're just trying now to make me fucking laugh at the beginning of this and then I have to edit all this shit out. Bastard. Maybe. Alrighty. Just like to make me work harder. <laughs> They're working me poor to the bones. <laughs> All right. So, um, we're here with Jake talking about tabletops. We've now d discovered a basis of what you slightly based your tabletop off of the education system. But what else has inspired your campaigns or your writing or your thought process into creating campaigns? There, Jacob. Jakey boy, the Jake Meister flex. Did we lose him? Arn, go go get a floating pig. I don't know. Did we lose him? I think so. Jake, can you hear no! me? No. Jake, come back to the light. Get away from the skin goat head. 